Hi there, guys, and welcome to the Chronicles of Gamers. This is a podcast where we love to explain our love-hate relationship with video games. And I'm, of course, your host with the most, Evo Houston. Hey, get a little bit intimate with this voice. Yeah. ASMR time. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to episode 129. Holy crap, man. We are going in. Time is flying. The episodes are zooming. The the days are blooming. Alrighty. Yeah, man. Give myself a round of applause. Episode 129? Close to 130? And I got something special for 130? Jeopardy fucking Jillikers. Y'all ain't ready, man. Y'all not ready for 130. <sighs> Hell, I think I'm barely ready for 129. And the only reason I say this is because 129 is E3 time. Hold on. I don't even really have an exciting button. Here we go. E3 time. So, of course, people are speculating. They're they're speculating out the ass. Where's my speculation station button? Where the fuck did I put it? Oh, I put it on the wrong one. Here we go. Speculation station. Everyone's on their speculation station time. Thinking about what new games are coming out here, there, coming out their underwear and shit. And the one thing that I was like, what about the most important games like Halo and God of War, which both got delayed? And then I was just like, damn. You know, I was I was over here like, what the hell? But then it made me think about it, man, with these delays. It seems that, and then especially since IGN posted this article, why video games have gotten worse in 2021, and it's not just COVID. And then, of course, I go straight to the article written by, like, Matt T. Kim. You know, of course, he reads, talking about because video games take longer to develop and, you know, it could cost somewhat a little bit more. And then he talks about the 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 whole delay, not just because of COVID, but because like there's there's much more that they have to choose. You know, like they have to choose a release day, especially one for a major tire requires like planning and and yada yada. And of course they got the business partners. Honestly, all this delay shit is just really for the business partners and those that are supporting the company through purchasing their stocks and everything. So of course the the and the investors themselves. So of course they they need to show like, hey, we're making money. <laughs> if they're not, then you know that's when they can actually start to lose money. You know, you get the situation. You got to show it. Oh man, I forgot they're breaking news. Breaking news. So yeah, <laughs> but Matt T him kind of brought up a point where, especially due to twenty twenty. Work kind of was in that weird relationship with a lot of companies, not just in the video game industry, but even the movie industry. And there are others, IT, et cetera, et cetera, except, you know, even the hospitals. But we were in that weird situation where most people were able to work from home. And for the video game industry, I know this is a little bit more of a problem because you have different groups of people working on particular projects hell they even talk about that not not ign in this particular article but like ign in general 
they talk about this particular problem <laughs> or in any other video game. Like, if you read the articles and stuff like that, and if you ask certain people, so I can understand that maybe working from, from remote can be a problem, but I don't think it's as that much of a problem <laughs> as other people are saying. I think this would have been a wonderful time. And and the reason why I'm saying there, there wasn't a really that much of a problem, I think this would have been a wonderful time for a lot of these publishers to a back up indie studios like i don't know if you've been paying attention but game jolt has been kicking booty butt cheeks you know what let me showcase one thing that is like surprisingly incredible and i tried it and i had to quickly delete it because i didn't have much room on my computer because i'm like doing something right now so there's this game called sonic omens and this is a fan-made game it is a really great quality fan-made game that you can play on your PC. Like, it it looks fucking incredible. It looks great. Imagine if... Well, of course, you're not going to have, like, a Sonic game. It's not like Sega's going to be like, oh, yeah, man, let's let's take this game. Well, well, actually, Sega really could. I mean, they did a really fantastic job with just not only improving the Sonic engine, but even the boss fights. Although I'm not really a huge fan of the flying, but it's just like, yo, imagine if Sega was just like, yo, let's just back these people real quick. You know what I mean? Or, you know, and there's, there's like a couple of other indie games that have just been coming out and they've been like kicking ass, you know, besides like the ones that people know about. I don't understand why more companies didn't just hop on that train of like, hey man, let's go to itch.io, let's go to Game <laughs> game Jolt, and let's just take a good old look around and see what the fuck is going on. Take the games that are like really big and important, or like take the games that they find interesting, and back them, and put them under their umbrella, and be like, hey man, we'll, we'll give you the money to fund this under our thing, and then you can just go ahead, and you know, that could showcase, you know, you get a little percentage, or more importantly, from a lot of these publishers, I'm really surprised a lot of them did not work on smaller titles. Like, this would have been a great chance for, like, just a couple of people. Maybe one person had an idea for a game. It wasn't, like, a huge AAA blah, 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 blah thing, you know, needed a shit ton of money. But I think you could have worked on, like, a small little project, a small little game. And I'm not really small, but, I mean, you could have worked on a game that doesn't require that many people and doesn't require that huge of a budget. Like... You could have just, like, I keep mentioning Back for Blood. Back for Blood first came out, Turtle Rock, when they first came out, all they said is, we're going to make a game that is what we're known for. If you you played Left 4 Dead, you know how good we are. So just give us some time. We're going to work on it. And they just did constant updates over and over and over again. And I feel like for a lot of, and this this is also another problem of why, I feel like publishers need to give like developers a little bit more credit and give them a little bit more showcases because there are certain people that do a great job mechanic-wise or gameplay-wise. They do something incredible to the game and they need to get showcased. So that way, if they were to work on a smaller project for themselves, then they could just be like, hey, did you like the shooting mechanics in that particular game that we made? Or like say, hey, did you like the shoot- shooting mechanics in like, Red Dead Redemption or... Or, hell, like, f- maybe even fucking Call of Duty. Well, I'm working on this smaller title in EA's giving me, I mean, not EA, Activision's giving approval. 
and I'm working on this smalling shooter title, and it's just going to be a basic shooter, and it's going to have this and that, and maybe, like, armor mechanics or some shit. And then they just, like, work on it. <laughs> and they make, like, two to three levels. And then they have, like, online play, and it's just, like, extremely small. And then they just make announcements on Twitter, and they showcase their project on Twitter. And then when they're ready, they just release it, like... You know, why not use the fan support as your backup? I mean, you don't really need to spend a lot of fucking money. Like, you could spend a little and build community support and then let that be the backup of the backup. Because I think 2020, at least for a lot of things in the video game industry, didn't need to, okay, we got to work extra hard and release it. Especially when that pandemic was like, we were all prepared not to buy video games. And the industry just kept releasing video games. And we were trying to tell people, I don't think this was <laughs> the best thing to do for you guys. But what do you guys do? You guys just keep releasing shit. So we were just like, fuck it. We're going to buy it, right? So now here we are. We're getting to that point where the, the chickens are coming home to roost. Everything's hitting that problem. Because 2020, everything was backed up. They were having a hard time doing the you know remote. And at the same time, because they chose these particular days trying to please the investors, you know, trying to make it where it's just like, oh, this is the quote unquote right time to release this game and make the most profitable amount of money in order for their investors and everything. You know, now games are being delayed. So next year games are getting pushed back even more. It's, I mean, goodness gracious, even at E3, I mean, I'm kind of worried that a great deal of games that are going to get announced, unless it shows gameplay and a release date, I don't even think there's anything to be exciting for. <laughs> unless it's Nintendo. You know, Nintendo, the rules are a little bit different because I don't know what the fuck they're doing back there. But at the same time, I guess they can just do it because they release their games on time, apparently. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge... Not a huge Nintendo fan, but at the same time, I have to sit there and be like, you know what, man, Nintendo, I can't, I can't really put you in that same category. Y'all get your shit together, even even if you do have to do some shady shit or withhold or maybe take your your favorite characters out back and shoot them in the head. <laughs> but y'all get your games out, so it's just like, oh, okay. But yeah, this would have been a great fucking time for like the video game industry to just like work on smaller titles this would have been perfect actually i don't even like the word perfect this could have been an amazing opportunity because i don't want there to be a limit to this thing it just got me thinking because i see so like when i go to the twitter post i i just i, I like i see it people talk about you know even with games got pushed back you know there's also what well, what what's what's that fucking called because a lot of people were mentioning that what was it anthem Fallout 76 yo this this person even says it right here anthem fallout 76 mass effect the drama no man's sky outriders Fall well i'm not gonna count new vegas even though that was uh but yeah like a lot of people are saying the same thing and then of course you know the number one is, is cyber cyberpunk for a lot of people but it's just interesting because most people are just like well cyberpunk was complete booty butt chase when he was given time and then, of course, people were just saying, like, well, what's the scope of the project? It was this, that, knick-knack, patty-wag, give a dog a bone. And to me, I kind of just sit here and I say the same thing of just, like, Cyberpunk's problems were Cyberpunk's problems that 
could have been solved if if everyone had just sat down and just and, and played their game or listened to QA instead of just saying, hey, we got to get this out for our investors. Sometimes I, I get it, though. It's a business. I get it. It's a business. It's a business. I, I understand. You got to please the investors. You got to show that this company is making money in order for it to, to show why people should purchase your stock. I get it. I get it. Trust me, I get it. I'm, I'm doing it. So it's just like, I understand, but the video game industry is is not as forgiving as like the movie industry. You know, like you can you can watch a bad movie in theaters, right? And it could be like completely horrible. But then your movie does extremely well years later when people are like purchasing the DVDs and Blu-rays and the CDs to talk to the TV and everything. Like you you can be great like 10 20 years later and then you could see that people are interested in that movie, then you can do like a re-release of that movie that can become a cult classic. Like there are some movies that just did not do the best in movie theaters. Like Fight Club, for example. I think Fight Club is the best example. Fight Club did not uh, Fight Club did horrible in theaters. And then, like, years later, it became a cult classic, and then the studio just released a remaster, I mean, rem- uh, not remaster, but, like, a higher quality version of the product, people are fucking buying it. Lord of the Rings, that did pretty well in theaters, but it didn't do as great as, like, you know, it didn't do, like, huge Marvel numbers or anything like that. But it did pretty damn well, but New Line continues to release a newer version then the extended version, which a lot of people purchased. I myself purchased it on DVD. Now they got a 4K version that they're re-releasing. So, you know, like for the movie industry, it's like, even though it could be a flop in the movie theaters, it can become a cult classic. And it can become greater towards the end of its, like, release. And then that's where they can really make their money. I mean, it's kind of sad because it's just like, ouch, I had to eat, like, X amount of dollars. But if it becomes really fucking popular, then you can easily make up that back end. And then you're like, <laughs> because you already have the master of the of the video. So it, it's, it won't really cost that much just to make a higher quality. And then you can release it for a higher amount of money in order to fill in the gaps. And then not only did you recover your losses, but now you're making extra profit from it. So it's just like cha-ching over here, you know. But I mean, that's just that's just me. And I think the video game industry could do the same thing, where it's just like, if you release some of these smaller titles, they may not do as great as you expect or your investors expect, but you won't lose that much money if you, like, manage it correctly. I'm pretty sure that these companies have people that are a lot better at money money management than I myself, and I'm pretty good at money management myself, but I'm still learning. I'm, I'm not saying I'm the greatest, but I'm pretty sure there are people with better years experience and they can do a better job at managing projects and stuff like that and managing what, like, what resources need to go here, there, and everywhere. And you could do that for these smaller titles and release it and let just, let's just see what happens to the market instead of you 
pushing back these things, banking on this huge fucking project, and then you guys are surprised, like, oh, this game didn't do as great as we thought, man. I thought people loved open world. Like, we try to put as much as we can for $70, and it's just like, well, maybe that's not exactly what we wanted. Because goodness gracious, we already see people fucking enjoying Ratchet and Crank. What was it? Ratchet and Clank. And that's like $70 fucking dollars on PS5. And it's only like 12 hours in gameplay. So, you know, that's it's interesting that people are okay paying that much, you know, $70 for 12 hours of gameplay. But then there's other people that will complain, like, you know, fucking Resident Evil is like 10 hours of gameplay. And they, they were charging $70 for that on PlayStation 5. And they're like, what the hell? That wasn't worth it. So, of course, that goes into the default of one more time. It, everyone, <laughs> it, it, it depends on the person, what their value is of $70. If you really like the product and you really like the franchise, then, you know, it doesn't matter how much it costs. You're going to purchase it and play it. And that's that's the ultimate truth. So working on these smaller titles and seeing what happens, you could charge a little. And then if they become if it becomes real popular, then you could just charge more to cover up the loss that you spent on making the project the first time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, imagine imagine right like imagine if activision had made undertale they could have charged ten dollars for that undertale too could have been like seventy dollars all because you didn't give it a chance guys give it a fucking chance that's just my two cents that's how i feel about this situation video game industry pushing everything back and people are like oh man well this is gonna be like cyberpunk and shit and i'm like over here like well i mean these companies could have released some shit they just at least we got scott pilgrim right i think we had that during the pandemic good job scott pilgrim hooray <laughs> let's see so i got the last breaking news where the fuck is my button fucking scott pilgrim breaking news. <laughs> so let me bring this over so, apparently, oh, man, we got to hit the speculation station button. Brought to you by Doritos and Taco Bell and Power Triangles. Oh, man. So, apparently, there's going to be, and there's a rumor, my audio and video people, there's a rumor that there might be a My Hero Academia fighting game similar to Dragon Ball Fighter Z that is being developed by Arch System Works and that it could possibly be revealed at E3 this month, today. Well, not today, but <laughs> these coming weeks. So, of course, when people heard that, everyone hit their speculation station button. Hold on, where my button at? So now we're hitting into the speculation station, brought to you by Doritos, Triangles, the power of Taco Bell. Oh, man. So I'm going to be honest with you. I'm like fucking, I'm not excited, but I'd be kind of interested. You know, like I'm, I would be down. I would be, I'm, I'm curious. And also, I just really wanted to play the, the, the music, so. Here we are, Speculation Station. We might get a new My Hero Academia. Speculation Station. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, I would hope it's more 1v1, but I'm pretty sure it'll probably be like 3v3 or at most 2v2. I wouldn't be surprised if it's 2v2, but I'm hoping that's more 1v1. But who knows? We we might get a team based game if if this does get announced. I'm just going to wait and see. And even if I do see it at E3, if I don't see a release date and I don't see actual gameplay, and when I say actual gameplay, if I cannot see the UI on the screen from my audio people, I'm like 
pointing at my fucking camera in a in a square, but like if I don't see the UI, then I know this game is not officially ready. It's not even real. You're just we're just watching a video. I need UI. If there's no UI, then get the fuck out of here. I don't believe you. You don't exist. But hey, I'm I'm down. <laughs> I'm not gonna complain. I'll take it. But the one thing I will ask though, if there is going to be a new My Hero Academia, aka Boku no Hero <laughs> video game that's going to be released as a fighting game and not arena fighter, because arena fighters are not fighting games. If I'm going to be Frank, Bob, and George about it. Arena fighters are basically party games. So, and right now, I'm going to be Frank and Bob about it. If we're going to get in a new fa- uh, fighting game, I would like to know will there be rollback netcode? And if there isn't, will the netcode be sufficient enough that a person could play from Chicago all the way into Japan or in- anywhere in Europe? You know? Or even in Alaska. Or hell, I'll just take right fucking next door without, you know, a horrible, you know, situation happening. Can I play against someone on Wi-Fi and it doesn't, like, you know, break my system and my mind and your server and my controller and my patience and saying fuck you? That's all I want. Let's hit the button again. So that's my speculation station brought to you by the power of triangles and roll back code. <laughs> yeah. But a My Hero Academia fighting game, that'd be kind of nice. I mean, I have a few other speculations that I'm expecting from E3, but at the same time, I feel like I'm just kind of tired of speculating E3. And it's not because things don't come out or not. It's just like, it, it don't really fucking matter if I don't see a release date and actual gameplay like i need a ui i i I feel so jaded and i haven't even been in this industry for like 10 years yet like (laughs) what is it 20 i mean i've been in this industry for five years now and i'm already jaded to the point of if you don't have a ui and if you don't have a ui and gameplay being shown and you don't have a release date i don't believe it to be real i don't believe it to be true because every time we've seen amazing hype trailers, shitty things have happened, and they look completely nothing of what we were shown the first time to begin with. Hell, Anthem, bam, I'm done. All right, it's that time of the show where we got to say goodbye. But before we go, before we do, you already know what time it is. It's time for shameless plugins. Look, man, the Chronicles of Gamers, you type us in at Google. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud. Look, we're everywhere. We're we're in there, man. We're in there like skinware. So just go ahead and support us. Check us out. I don't know what else to really say. I'm just not really into this E3 move, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Ah, boy. It's E3 time. Anyways, thank you for tuning in. Thank you guys for watching. I'm out of here. And, of course, stay lit and power to the gamers. <laughs>